I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I'm talking to my friend Mackenzie about her daughter, Everly. We met at our local Birth to Three Center, Kindering, where all of our kids were in a preschool together. I love this family so much, and I am obsessed with this little lady's Instagram. The love that Everly spreads around, especially to her baby sister, consistently makes my day. So make sure you follow them after this episode. Everly is a bright little two-and-a-half-year-old who happens to be affected by a form of dwarfism. If you asked me three years ago about diversity, I would have given you the answers race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, age, religion. I honestly don't think the demographic of disability would have entered my mind. Disability was a blind spot. I know a lot of individuals with dwarfism do not identify as being disabled. So in this case, the matter of genetic differences is where it fits. People come in all shapes and sizes. It's beautiful. It's human. We all just want to be accepted and empowered by who we are, inside and out. I learned a lot during my chat with Mackenzie, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi there. Hi, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for agreeing to speaking with me. You bet. We're excited. So I haven't seen you for a while since since Ford and Evie were in little preschool together. I know. Is she still there? She is. She's uh, She gets to be there until she turns uh, three and a half. So almost another full nice. year. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, will you tell us about Evie, who she is today? You bet. Uh, Everly is, she's two and a half and she is our super spirited, very joyful little girl. Very social as well. She also happens to have a form of dwarfism uh, called achondroplasia that she was diagnosed with when she was just seven weeks old. And um, it's been a wonderful journey with her so far. And it's really amazing. She teaches us so much than we ever thought possible. And, you know, we entered a world that we didn't even know we were going to be a part of. And now it's pretty it's pretty cool to be a part of something that's so rare and unique and that can really teach the world about differences. Absolutely. I think the perspective that we gain is really unexpected. Yes. Well, and you get it. And it's so nice to have people like you, you know, we can really relate to each other in that sense. Yeah, our kids don't even have to be on the same wavelength of any sort. And we all just kind of get it. Exactly. It's our own little special club. (laughs) So I know there's like a million different types of dwarfism. But can you tell us about the kind that affects Evie? Yes. So there are over 200 different types. Evie has the most common form. It's called achondroplasia, kind of a tongue twister. 80% of people born with dwarfism are born with Evie's type, achondroplasia. And it's usually to average height parents, like my husband and I. You guys are super tall. Are you average height? <laughs> so I guess, no, we're above average height. Very true. Uh, yeah, I'm six six feet. My husband's six two. 
So definitely above average. Uh, so yeah, it came as a bit of a shock to have a child who was not going to be any taller than four feet. Um, and that's about the average height for her condition. So you said she was seven weeks old. What happened at that time when a doctor approached you with their suspected diagnosis? Yeah. So um, I'll give you a little backstory. We, it was our first pregnancy. Well, actually, no, our second pregnancy, we uh, lost a baby right before her at seven I'm weeks. Sorry. But uh, yeah, it, she was perfectly healthy pregnancy all throughout. I only had two ultrasounds um, because it was, there were no, you know, suspicion of any concerns. So my last ultrasound was at 20 weeks and it showed no concerns on like three days after her due date, we welcomed her into the world. She was perfectly healthy as far as we were concerned. Doctors thought she looked great. And uh, she, let's see, she, she did have a heart murmur. That was the only thing that kind of threw us for a loop. She spent one night, one night in the NICU for the heart murmur. And that is completely unrelated to her condition. But we were in for her seven-week follow-up in regards to that heart murmur. And everything was looking good. The heart murmur was gone. And so uh, we were kind of like, okay, great. You know, we're clear and ready to go enjoy our baby and um, didn't have any concerns. Uh, it wasn't until I got home from that doctor's appointment that I actually received a call from that same doctor and she left a voicemail saying that after we left, she was doing some thinking, had some concerns that she wanted to talk about with us. And so, you know, of course my heart dropped to my feet and I thought, oh gosh, mm. the heart murmur, something's wrong with her heart. It's worse than we thought. They missed something in the appointment and I was super scared. So I called her back immediately and she said, I, I know I had Evie in my lap at the time and she was perfectly happy looking at me smiling. And the doctor said, you know, after you left, I, I was kind of thinking about how she looked and I was like, well, that's weird how she looked. And she said, you know, your husband and, and you are very tall, but she seems significantly short and her stats had dropped from 50th percentile down to seventh percentile from her birth date. So mm. in seven weeks, she dropped really fast in her height, in her weight, and her head size stats actually went from 50th to over 100th. So her head was growing very fast, and her limbs weren't growing really at all, it seemed. So she brought up the word dwarfism. And the moment that she said that, I looked at Evie, and I kind of, I just knew. I knew immediately you that that it. was... Yeah, I saw it. And it was like rose colored glasses up until that point. I had never seen it before. I, you know, I knew I was having to roll up her sleeves a lot on her, her arms or her, um, her shirts and her pants. I'd have to roll up at the bottom. But I just, I think I was in that new parent bliss. You just don't see, you don't think about there ever being any issues, you know? So it came as a huge shock. And we, we took some time to grieve that the baby that we thought we were going to have, which, you know, I felt a lot of guilt with that, but also recognized I'm human and it's kind of all part of the process. So, um, yeah, and, you know, my husband took a little bit longer to come to terms with it. There's more of denial for him. But after a few months, we, we realized, okay, we are going to turn around our sadness and turn it into something of hope and something of advocacy. We wanted to teach the world about it because it's so rare. And 
not a lot of people know about it. And we wanted to show that just because she's going to be a little bit shorter, doesn't make her personality any different. It doesn't make, doesn't make anything different. It's just, she's just going to be small. That's all. First high five to your pediatrician for noticing, knowing anything and noticing and actually taking the time to maybe investigate a little further. Absolutely. The sooner, sooner than later. Um, but yeah, that's definitely like a 180 of the of the situation you probably thought you were in at seven weeks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I saw your blog that you created because of Evie. And I saw the letter that you wrote to your family, which is what I'm assuming is kind of when you and your husband just decided to take this into, you know, a, a road of hope, like you said, of advocacy. I loved that letter that you wrote. Thank you. Yeah, we uh we took about a month to process everything and kind of go through the roller coaster of emotions that come along with a diagnosis like that. And then we got strong and we sat down and we were like, okay, this is going to be a positive thing. So we formulated that letter together. We sent it to our closest family and friends. And then it wasn't until I think three months later that we decided that we wanted to share it with more people. And that's when I kind of turned to my social media and I started a, um, my, uh, Evie's, I guess, Evie's personal Instagram and just kind of went from there. And now we have people all over the world that are, you know, reading our blog and following us on Instagram. And it's been really comforting for me to have other parents of kids that have the same condition to talk to about it. But also I'm learning now two and a half years later, I'm having women reach out to me saying that seeing Evie daily has helped them work through their more current, more recent diagnosis of their child with the same condition. Absolutely. Isn't social media like the most important thing we have? (laughs) It is. It's it's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's a love hate relationship. I think, you know, sometimes we can become a little, at least for me, I can become obsessed with it in a way that I'm finding myself on it too often. But then mm. there's the side of it where I'm like, okay, I'm helping people and they're helping me yeah. uh, work through all of this stuff. And I need that in my life. And so, so it really, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Especially when you're Dealing with something so rare, finding other people who are on the same path as you is a lifeline. Yes, absolutely. It really has helped so much. Have you made any local friends that share Evie's awesome stature? So actually, yeah, um, that's an interesting story. We, we're part of something called the Little People of America Association. It's called the LPA. And there are usually kind of gatherings that they do every year. They're all over the U.S. We were lucky enough when Evie turned six months old, there was one right in our backyard uh, in Tacoma. Yeah. So we got to attend that and we met so many amazing people. It's really an awesome community of people. It's small, but it's that's what makes it so cool is it's intimate enough that everyone knows everybody else. Unfortunately, Evie was the only baby there. There were a lot of older kids, so we didn't at that point meet anybody her age. But since then, we have found a lot of other families that have kids roughly around the same age as her. They don't live super close, but we've connected on social media. And then uh, a really cool story, as rare as dwarfism is, you know, you really don't see 
people walking down the street that are that are little people. And when you do, it's it's definitely a shock because it's so rare. And my husband and I were just recently bought a house and, and moved to a different area and we were at our new grocery store and we saw a little person and he was turns out the manager of the QFC that we were at and we walked straight up to him. We had Evie with us. We walked straight up to him and introduced ourselves and introduced Evie. And it was really special for us to see that there's other people right in our community, just like Evie. And we kind of, we kind of need to tear up a little. <laughs> it was, it was really, it was, it's really special. And, you know, our, our families have, have gone to the same store and introduced themselves to him. And um, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's really special. And, and we just can't wait for more of those opportunities, especially for Evie, because she's going to need those people in her life to, you know, talk to about her feelings because as her parents, you know, as much as we wish that we could understand what she's, going through we don't and she's going to yeah. need people that do and so it's really comforting to know that she'll have that yeah absolutely and I love that we are seeing this more and more in television and you know people playing parts that have any sort of differences at all yes. is finally starting to settle in without it being a joke or without it being you know something f- negative exactly so I'm happy that she's now and she's going to probably grow up seeing that on TV, whereas just a few years ago, they probably wouldn't have. Right, right. And it's it's almost like the more it's talked about and the more we put it out there that, you know, special needs or disabilities or whatever are totally, you know, I hate to use the word normal, but they are normal because we all have something. We've all got something whether it's a special need or a disability of some sort, or like me personally, um, you know, on a separate note, I have a uh, Tourette syndrome. And so I feel like I'm able to relate to Evie in that sense. in that like, I have something that I've struggled with my whole life and she's going to have something that she's going to struggle with. And so the more we talk about it and the more that we're open about it with the world, the easier it will be for the rest of society to accept it as something that's totally fine and no big deal. A hundred percent. I believe that so deeply. And I wonder too, if you having Tourette's is something that sort of helped you kind of jump over that initial grief hurdle a little faster than another, another parent might. That's really cool. It absolutely did. And I, yeah. And I'm so thankful, you know, as, as hard as having Tourette's has been for me throughout my life, I'm so thankful that I do struggle with it because it really did make that, it made me realize, okay, you know, like, like I always say, we've all got something going on and it really helped me get over that, that hump. Whereas I think for my husband, it was a little different just because he didn't have any really struggles like that. He does have diabetes type one. So in a sense, I guess that probably helps too. It's made it easier for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think even people who are obviously neurotypical or don't have any sort of disabilities, I think probably one of the biggest things that any human being wants is to be accepted. And I think that's obviously what we are just really trying to get across is is that our kids are just the same. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Okay, so I do want to address the M word, because I'm sure that word feels the same to you as the R word feels for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think most people know that they shouldn't use that word, thanks to reality TV, probably. But it's still a term, I think, that's kind of just in like subconscious, you know, random, regular jargon for people. Oh, totally. 
Can you just please educate us on all why it's not okay to use that term and what could one say as an alternative way to express their what they're actually talking about? Absolutely. The M word, which, you know, maybe some people don't know, and I hate to say it, but in order to educate, I have to. Uh, the M word stands for midget. And that is a word that we do not tolerate in our household and our family doesn't tolerate it. And we want the rest of the world to not tolerate it. It was used uh, in the 19th century as a term to refer to people who were put on display, little people uh, who were put on display for humor or for circus acts and whatnot. And it sort of became an okay word to use. And nowadays it is considered extremely derogatory, much similar to the R word or even the N word. And it's very hurtful to people who are of short stature. And I think it's something that is still used today, unfortunately, as a joke. And I unfortunately see it a lot on social media. I have never heard anyone say it to me in regards to my daughter, thank God. And I hope I never have to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I know that that's, it's not always going to be easy and I'm going to have to prepare myself for that potentially happening one day. And as much as it breaks my heart that it might, I really, I, I'm striving to get that word out of vocabulary of everybody. Totally. And I think sometimes it just really helps to be direct and spell it out for people because I don't think a lot of people even realize that they're using it. Right. And so many people don't even know that it's offensive. Now, there's a lot of people that do know it's offensive and they use it that way, unfortunately. But a lot of people, a lot of well-meaning people just have no idea. And I'm here to educate them on that and tell them, okay, you know, I recognize you may not know any better and maybe a little ignorant in that sense. So let me tell you why that's not okay. And that's our goal. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So what are some like practical things that you've had to do or that you're planning on doing, like even just in your household setting to accommodate for Evie? So like I said earlier, she probably won't be any taller than four feet. That's kind of the average for females with achondroplasia. However, since we are taller, she may be a little bit on the taller side of it. But um, currently... She actually just started walking in May, so she's still sort of learning a little bit. And so we haven't really had to have any sort of adaptive things in the house quite yet for her. But we did just get a step stool for her from a friend who eight years ago, her daughter was diagnosed with achondroplasia. And I am so thankful that she was in my life at the time because she was the one person I called immediately who knew before anybody else because she's been there. So her grandfather had made her this special step stool for her and they just handed it down to Evie. Oh my God. (laughs) And along with it, I know, I know. And it's amazing. She has been using it nonstop and it's given her so much more independence. And she's so proud every time she walks up those steps, she's got the biggest grin on her face. Like, look what I just did, mom. Oh my God. She's the cutest ever. I can't wait to see a picture of her and her step stool. <laughs> oh, she's, I know, she just loves it. And also that same family um, handed down a uh, a desk that was especially made for, for this little girl with achondroplasia. And it's like a kind of a, I guess, a school desk to sit at. And it's just a little bit smaller than the average desk. And it's just the right height for her. And 
she can sit at it and draw and you know, when she starts going to school, she can do whatever at it. She'll be able to use it for years. That's awesome. So we're, yeah, we're excited about that. But other than that, um, we really haven't had to have any other things for her to help reach certain closets or shelves and stuff, because it's probably at this age, two and a half, better that she doesn't reach certain (laughs) things because we don't want her getting into everything. Um, But I do, I have a a social media friend who's, you know, in her forties or fifties. And and she said to me that when she was younger, she figured out how to get herself up onto the kitchen counter to reach cups and bowls and glasses. And so I'm really excited to watch how Evie figures out how to do that. Yeah. She's going to be like a little carpool lady. Yeah. Parkour lady. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She'll be a little monkey crawling up onto the counter. Oh, my gosh. So I know this type of uh, dwarfism and maybe all types don't affect any sort of cognitive ability. Now, is this going to affect her in any way with mobility or any of her like fine gross motor skills? So, no, she uh, her her gross fine gross motor skills have actually been right on track uh, with her average height peers. As far as, you know, walking and like crawl, she didn't crawl until she was one years old because her limbs were so much shorter. So it was hard for her to get up on her hands and knees. Mm. And her, uh, her physical therapist actually told us that she would never crawl on her hands and knees. And I hate it when they say never. I know it, it hurts. It's like a knife to the heart because I think. Our kids are capable of anything they want to be. It's just, you know, it's frustrating. And so, um, but <laughs> she showed her by crawling on her hands and knees uh, when she was when she was a year old. She's been amazing us, you know, since she was born. So she started crawling at one, and then she didn't walk till she was 28 months. And I guess from what I've read, the expectation for kids with achondroplasia in walking is anywhere from 15 months to 30 months. So she was right right in that range. And yeah, so she figured that all out. But yeah, things, uh, her gross motor skills are a little bit more delayed in that sense. Got it. Got it. So she has a new little sister. She does. Does she love her? (laughs) Who you can probably hear in the background talking. She absolutely loves her. She is just enamored. And it's amazing to see because I was so worried about having, you know, this new baby come into her life and just rock her world because, you know, Evie's been the center of our attention since she was born. And and so it was a big fear of mine, but it has been the most amazing bond to watch. I mean, they are just... I love that they're sisters. Yeah. yeah it's, and, and that's, I grew up with a sister and so it's special to me that they're both girls and could have that same bond. Has it been blowing your mind watching your new little baby do things at the rate that she's doing them at? Yes. My husband and I will look at each other with these wide eyes like, how is she already doing this? Like, or, <laughs> or like the strength that she has in her legs and her arms is, you know, Evie had very low muscle tone uh, and still does have low, low muscle tone because it's a, a common part of her condition. But London, uh, our six-month-old, is already like... She'll probably be crawling in the next few weeks here. And so, it's, yeah, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> well, Mackenzie, can you tell me what has changed for you, do you think, as a mom after having Evie? Yes. Uh, one of the biz- biggest things for me, I think, is learning acceptance and that no matter what someone looks like, it doesn't matter. We're all people. We're all humans want to be loved and 
treated equally and accepted for who we are. And, you know, I, I struggled growing up with body image issues and, you know, what I look like to others. And, you know, that's something I think I'll always struggle with a little bit, but Evie has totally transformed my view on that because she does look different than the average person walking down the street. And she's still just as beautiful to me and her personality shines just as bright, if not brighter. (laughs) And so it's really, she has totally changed my views on, on image and, and what, what we're all here for. We're here to just be loved and accepted for who we are. And that's what's important. Amen. Well, I'm so happy that I got to meet Evie. And now I know a little person. So it's opened up my circle, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) Well, I know that she is so lucky to have you guys as parents. And you're going to give her all the confidence and all of the good stuff that she needs to just rock her own world. We are excited to do that. and, And really, she's the one teaching us. And that's what is so special about her she's teaching the world yeah 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 well thank you for talking to me today Mackenzie. i will link your blog in our show notes for sure um but tell us what evie's instagram handle is oh yes it's um well it has since become evie and her sister's instagram so she shares it uh but it's it's evie and lolo it's e-v-i-e and l-o-l-o Okay. I'm not sure if I follow them yet, but I'm going to yes, go do that. Please step. do. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for talking to me, Mackenzie. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Effie. This has been awesome. Yeah. Kiss those little girls. I will. <laughs> Bye-bye. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha <laughs> <laughs>